We're going to be reading an article from A.A. Grapevine, September 1972. It cost $0.35 cents for, the, uh, for the article way back then. And it's, uh, I am responsible when anyone anywhere reaches out for help. I want the hand of A.A. always to be there. And for that, I am responsible. Carrying the message. AAs all over the world share their thoughts with the Grapevine and AA General Service Office writes P.O. Box 1980, New York, New York. The Uses of Pain. This is our article, The Uses of Pain, from Brighton, Colorado. In my drinking days, I actually welcomed my pain. Ah, yes, each throb of my aching skull those fantastic thirsts, the stomach cramps, the sweats, the tremors, my hair hurt, my toenails hurt, my eyes and my teeth hurt. What did it? Yet, as time passed, the physical hangovers and the physical torture no longer blotted out my mental anguish, my guilt, and my self-loathing. Insanity was no longer just a probability, but a certainty. Certainly, I could not retain a thought or idea longer than one sentence. I could not remember what I had done, had not done, or should do, drinking or not. Those paranoid ideas of being persecuted, talked about, censored, and shunned seem absolutely true. I actually fancied I was more sane drinking than when I was hungover. Weren't people nicer? Wasn't I wittier and my conversation more inspiring? Then the morning after, I realized I was nuttier than a warehouse full of goobers. A glimmer of sanity must have remained because I did face this observation openly I also realized I could do nothing about it by myself. I had tried, prayed, pray, not me, but I do remember thinking, my God, what am I going to do? And while I was sanely loaded, I dialed AA. I like to think that in my agony, unsound of mind as I was, I called out for help in spite of myself. I got out of my own way, and so God was able to send an angel from AA to help me. Of course, I find it hurts now to fall down sober, but I don't feel guilty about that pain anymore. MU, initials MU. Wonderful, wonderful, terrific uh, reading, writing, uh, truth. Our next letter is from DS, initials DS from Winewook, Oklahoma. It says, good credit risk. My credit has never been good, but it's better than it was three years ago. The grapevine is an inspiration to me. The extra four copies I buy to give away. I'm 32 years old and have a paper route. My day starts at 4.30 in the mo- each morning and ends at 10.30 at night. I go to college, commute 100 miles per day, five days a week, and spend my off time with my w- the wife and the five kids and cat and geese and horses and calves and cows and guinea pigs and my garden. Then I get to go around the state when, I, when asked and participate in AA groups and I also have a couple of babies. Now I have you all. I have God in AA. Please trust me. Remember, this is a letter sent to the grapevine. And don't, please don't stop my grapevine. You'll get paid. I just spent 475 for my car engine. Just had to come first this time. I'm sorry. P.S. I need the last yellow grapevines, five copies, please, from DS. Wow. 
I always say that there's a lot of uh, living legends in AA. You hear about them. We have uh, Raquel, a Hispanic lady that has two or three uh, halfway house for pregnant girls. Get them off the street. She's an AA and she's like, like a normal person. Shares, laughs, and and uh, is in meetings. I didn't know that about her. Another guy, uh, Carl M., uh, a former Navy guy. They, a lot of guys hate him and a lot of guys love him. Uh, he's a living legend to me. Anyone that, that helps other people and takes the risk and puts his, has the guts to put his, his signature on the thing and have a, a very risky place where people kill themselves, kill others, and helping them out to stay and confronts them. That's a living legend to me. To do to do what needs to be done. Other people that I met that's uh, has started a great project. How about a, a retirement compound up in uh, Joshua Tree for OAAers that can't afford it? Get them off the street. Give them some good. Come on now. A lot we can do anonymously, and we do. There's three million of us that are AA members, the state's over, and about 15 million of us have come and gone through AA and have gotten their heads straight and doing other things like yoga, reading, um, you know, just like uh, binge drinkers that have waken up and done great things. Okay, our next story is, was I strong enough? This one's from Manhattan, New York. The initials are D-O-C. Remember, this is 1972. Was I strong enough? Four months after discovering the miracle of Alcoholics Anonymous in the New Jersey Shore area, I was transferred to a small station in North Africa. I left with mixed emotions, to say the least, the compulsion to drink had been left outside the doors of my first AA meeting, but was I strong enough to leave the mainstream of AA and be able to continue this day, daily success that had immediately transformed my life into such a wonderful experience? Like on other overseas tours, would my first official act be the purchase of as much almost free booze as my r- ration card would allow? starting the descendant towards the end of the assignment. I sincerely felt that I had learned enough about my disease and the people in AA had done a thorough enough job of indoctrinating me that I would be able to resist temptation. I believe in the teachings of AA with an honesty and sincerity I thought I was no longer capable of understanding, let alone possessing. Since my arrival six months ago, the desire had been periodically surfacing, but their immediate dismissal is a snap, and indeed a pure joy. This, I am sure, is due to the increasing number of 24 periods of sobriety. I was strong enough, and I am getting stronger. AA is my strength. My life here has surpassed the most optimistic expectations. There were a couple of, of the old gang here, and they are still amazed by what they see or don't see happening. The fact that my reputation had preceded me became apparent, and it was certainly a pleasure to see. The skeptical expressions of those around me changed to manifestations of trust and confidence. There is an AA loner here, and he's a real winner with many years of sobriety, and he provides the mature leadership so important to those of us that are new in AA. I try to follow the steps of sobriety that he has so greatly revered, because I know that my strengthening sobriety will, in turn, strengthen this. This loner and the letters I received from my AA sponsor is the good old USA put me back into AA at its strongest. I truly miss all the wonderful AAs that share their experience, strength, and hope with me and made all this possible. 
I know that the best way for me to thank them and help myself is to stay away from the first drink. Thanks, everyone. DOC. Staying away from the first drink. Beautiful, wonderful. Our other story is from Richie C. from Walpole, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Second time around, called. There were many people in the program who told me that if I went out of prison and picked up a drink, things would get worse. I had reservations about this. Within three weeks after I was paroled from the state prison, I had picked up that fatal first drink. For about two weeks, everything was fine. Then it happened. Things got worse. I experienced two blackouts and had a parole violation warrant. And my sister asked me to leave the home she had provided for me. So there I stood in a blizzard. No home, no clothes, no money, thinking, wouldn't it be grand if it were summertime? At least then I could sleep in the park. I ran into a friend and I stayed at his place. There I, I start, started in on drugs and finally I got arrested. I was brought back to prison and have been here almost nine months. The first thing I did was get back in the program. My first time around, I had learned an awful lot about AA, but now I had to apply it to myself. I've been very successful thus far in clearing up the things inside me that barred me from success in AA on the streets. Hate, hidden resentment, etc. Now I feel the kind of sobriety some of the old timers have. Peace of mind sobriety. Life is much sweeter, even though I am in prison the second time around. Richie C., thank you, thank you, thank you, Richie. Outstanding literature writing. Thank you so much. I'm sure he's out now and, and doing the deal, making coffee at meetings. Our next story is called Sowing and Reaping from Media, Pennsylvania. Today I can face daily problems with fate, no doubt. Needs can be met instead of existing to intimidate me or harass me. Many a need that I mark unmeetable has since then been met. Problems are real, challenges, they do exist. When one gets solved, another follow. But I don't have to withdraw from living problems anymore. I don't have to drink anymore. At last, I have stopped running. Many rewards have come to me through AA living, one day at a time. I learned there is nothing so terrible that I can't cope with for one day. Reality with clarity is glorious. One of my greatest rewards is my husband has had 18 months of sobriety because of the AA program. Our life together is beautiful. Everyday living is a challenge, and I like it. It isn't easy, but I like it. To me, AA is like sowing and reaping. My higher power multiplies what I give, like the farmer who plants seed in order not to harvest weeds. I find that the seeds multiply to as far greater return than the amount planted. I strongly believe that only what I give to AA can my higher power multiply for me. Woohoo! What a story. This is from BJA. Hit it out of the park. Awesome. Why do I have to talk? I can continue to read these and, and we all can get blessed by passing the message. That's what the article, the whole gamut's about, is carrying the message. Not the mess, the message. All right, we got two more stories. Thank you for hanging in there, hanging tough, hang tough with me. The real side benefits. This is from Norwood, Ohio, RS initials. I have been in this wonderful program for six months. I have tried to stick with the winners and work the program the way they suggest. So far, with the grace of God, it's kept me sober. When I came into the program, I used AA as my higher power. Right away, I was looking for all of the side benefits, such as a new car, 
maybe a new home. Lots of money, of course, in the bank. I didn't realize at the time that all these were just material things. It took my seven-year-old daughter to show me what the side benefits were really like. The kind that you can't buy, that comes from the heart, and the love that comes with them. These are the things that a check can buy, no matter how many numbers you put on it. She had also helped me find my true higher power, which I call God. There is no way in the world I can put into words the way she did this. So I am closing a letter she wrote to AA, and this letter tells the way I feel too. RS. And the kid writes to AA. I love AA. It helped my dad very much from Tamela. Tamela. That's it. Amen. And our last note here is making full use of time from Jacksonville, Florida. BHC. Anyway, that's a, a wonderful writing about the things, the benefits of AA. One of the benefits, side benefits from, or the main benefit was laughter and humor and AA. And I had assault, uh, acid, and uh, and and coming out of the side of my eyes my first year of AA is that roaring laughter was my new medicine in AA. Thanks to all the guys that creatively talked about their escapades and literally I sounded like I was roaring on the floor but it was good. It was really good. Thank you God for giving me exactly what I needed. Our next story is from Jacksonville, Florida. Making Full Use of Time by BHC Initials. Life can be full of meaning because of the way in which I spend this time. So I try to be tolerant now, to be forgiving now, to be happy now. Let's go over that list again. Life can be full of meaning because of the way in which I spend this time. So I try to be tolerant now, to be forgiving now, to be happier, happy now. I must be interested in having not my own way, but the best way, <clears throat> the good way. I must budget my time so that I may walk from night into day. This I can do by being a, of service to others, by doing things for others, and in fact, by living each day to the fullest. BHC. Wonderful, beautiful. Our article is called Carrying the Message, 1972 Grapevine, September. Hit it out of the park. Thank you, Grapevine. I have a story. Uh... It's really an interesting story. There was a 1967 copy of A.A. Grapevine. I picked up that grapevine in East Yolo Fellowship in West Sacramento, where they had, somebody had turned in hundreds of grapevines, their whole collection from the 50s all the way to the uh, 90s, or something like that. It had an incredible amount of, and they, uh, I grabbed a couple, and one of them was a 1967 September article. And I drove down two hours down to Tracy uh, area, Tracy, California, by Brentwood and Antioch, Pittsburgh, California, off of Highway 4. I was in an AA meeting and I was sharing and I was using the copy how I, I found an article in there that I loved and enjoyed very much. And I was waving it around and a guy on a motorcycle asked me for the for the copy. He wanted my 1967 September. And I said, sure, he's a good guy. He was in service. I go, yeah, there's plenty of articles here, plenty of, uh, if you want it, plenty of uh, reading material. I gave it to him. Now, this is the true story, guys. You're going to think I'm lying. I went to another 
hour and three quarters further south to Highway 99 to Turlock, California, and seven in the morning uh, by Delhi, where my son has a house that AA helped me get the job, and, and, and I helped my son get the job, and God got him a job. And he's there 20, 25 years later, and he bought a house and the whole bit and four kids. I stayed overnight, but in the morning I got up and I went to the AA local meeting. And I'm sitting there in the desk, and there's a few grapevines on the table. You know, some were upside down, so I put my finger. I said, I'm going to get the bottom one of this grapevine. You guessed it, folks. September 1967 grapevine. Now, that is too much of a coincidence. As a matter of fact, I have it in my library here, which I have about 100 grapevines. So I'll have to find it and read you the whole gamut so I won't miss out on anything. Let's pray. Third step prayer. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness those I would help of thy power, of thy love, of thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. And God's will for me is to carry the message. Thank you very much. This incident for me happened uh, within the last six, seven years. Uh, thank you. And just 2021 right now. <laughs> right now. Not later, right now. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's go ahead and open this podcast with the Lord's Prayer. I'm Fernando. I am your assistant to get us started here. Revolutionize our lives for betterment of others. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, (laughs) but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey family, Fernando, I have trouble with alcoholism and sometimes with Fernando trying to get him to to steer the cart in the right direction and stop going into the ditch. Um, you know, Benjamin Franklin, he changed the Our Father around, you know, um, took some of the old English and made it more palatable for today's standard of words. So for our 12-step movement, I'm going to try and, and move it around for, for the steps and for the people in the rooms and so forth. We say, um, my sponsor who is in heaven. Okay, my sponsor, my ultimate sponsor, because all of us, uh, our prayers brought us. We went to our <coughs> ultimate sponsor, our father. My sponsor, my father who, who is in heaven. Holy, reverence, and respectful is your name. Let your 12 steps come. Let your principles come on earth as they are in heaven. Your principles, your angels, your right standings. Let it be done here in heaven. Let your will, let let your thoughts and your ways be done here on earth in my life and my choices as you have a plan for me in heaven. Give me this day what I need to do the work you call me to do. Show me that you're backing me up and you're providing everything I need to do your work, to do your bidding. Thank you for, for speaking to others through me and making a difference in their lives by planting seeds. Help me to be a good uh, enforcer of your, of your will in the form of words. Uh, of, of enthusiasm, joy, uh, 
laughter and humor. Help me to use it to 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 bring words, to put words in other people's hearts. That is your will. Just give me the, the power and the strength to do your will. Give me this day our daily bread, our daily words. And forgive me for those knuckleheads in the program that eat my lunch. I pray for them, Lord, and the ones that are there just to uh, cause trouble, we thank you for their, for them, Lord. Forgive me for my thoughts towards them. I pray, Lord God, that they, they will win the lottery. They will be, they will get the best-looking wife or husband, and they will be uh, full of your, your presence, Lord. Fix them up, Lord. Fix them up with health and riches, enthusiasm and joy. Cause them to walk in laughter and keep growing in your will. And Lord, deliver us from temptation. Keep us from that tempting uh, stupidity. Uh, and deliver us from the evil one, from the grasp of any uh, evil or demons, Lord, that may want to take our lunch. And we pray in Jesus' name, for yours is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is a prayer. It's way out there. <laughs> Well, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to head and uh, save this and start, try it again and do the readings. Thank you. Welcome to today's podcast. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The 12-step movement all over the world is a fellowship of men and women who had enough, who said to, to themselves, enough is enough, enough is enough. Stupid, don't live here. Um, stubbornness does not live here. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Amen. November 19th. I'm Fernando. I have trouble with alcoholism and Fernando. I was slipping fast. We AAs are active folk enjoying the satisfactions of dealing with the realities of life. So it isn't surprising that we are often tend to slight serious meditation and prayer as something not really necessary. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 96. I was slipping fast today. Daily Reflections, November 19th. We AAs are active folks enjoying the satisfactions of dealing with the realities of life. That's a huge statement. I was not there when I first came in here. The realities of life had hung me on my shorts for everybody to see in the local telephone pole. So it isn't surprising that we often tend to slight serious meditation as prayer as something not really necessary. I had not come to believe and experience that until I came into AA that meditation and prayer was the principal thing that would fix the realities of my life. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 96. The book says, I have been slipping away from the program for some time, but it took a death threat from a terminal disease to bring me back, and particularly to the practice of the 11th step of our blessed fellowship. Although I had 15 years of sobriety and was still very active in the program, I knew that the quality of my sobriety had slipped badly. Eighteen months later, I checked up, revealed a malignant tumor and a prognosis of certain death within six months. Despair settled in when I enrolled in a rehab program. Despair, folks. After which I suffered two small strokes, which revealed two large brain tumors to boot. As I kept hitting new bottoms, I had to, I had to ask myself why this was happening to me. 
God, allow me to recognize my dishonesty and to become teachable again. Again, God had allowed me, what a privilege to be allowed, huh? To recognize, what a blessing to understand, my dishonesty and to become teachable again. Then miracles began to happen, but primarily I learned the whole meaning of the 11th step. My physical condition was improved dramatically, but my illness is minor compared to what I almost lost completely. I'm Fernando, I'm an alcoholic. It is so important that the thing that we uh, slightly, you know, put aside, you know, meditation and prayer on step 11 is one of the most serious ones where we get our meal, you know, where we become humble. For me, being teachable again is being uh, learning my humility, my humiliation situations. That's being, that's the fruit of humiliations. Humiliation, we get an instructor and he calls you an asshole. Hey, man, you're better than that. Get your, get, do your push-ups, do your sit-ups. You're better than that. And it gives you, and it ticks you off like crazy as someone to talk to you like that. Right? You know, humiliation, right? You know, you're in the job site and and mama's boy gets gets roughed up by 80 80 grit sandpaper and you're you got handling uh, heavy duty equipment you got to put your emotions on the side and and man up man up folks and get get into serious um, thinking putting all your humiliations in a in a in a row and and get the the humbleness out of each one. Thank God for each, each humiliation all the way back to day one. <laughs> My stomach growled. You know, if you think about it, enjoy the the lessons we learned. We were humiliated. You know, they take our cars, take uh, find us uh, drunk and stupor, you know, because we're made right size. We are created by God to be upright, to be men and women upright. Okay, I'm going to read the little uh, thank God for the 12 steps and the principles that today we have learned our lessons and we continue to maintain those lessons by the humbleness that I received, the beatings that I received, the lashes of alcoholism. I was humiliated, and now I am humble. I hope I'm humble. You think I'm humble? Okay, November 19th, AA Thought for the Day, 24-hour book. In AA, we do not speak much of sex, and yet putting sex in its proper place in our lives is one of the rewards that has come to us as a result of a new way of living. The big book says that many of us need an overhauling there, it also said that we subject each sex relation to this test. Was it selfish or not? Was it selfish or not? We remember always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good, neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised or loathed. We can ask God to mold our ideas and to help us to live up to them. We can act accordingly. Have I got my sex life under proper control? Question mark. A meditation for the day. <clears throat> I will lift up my eyes unto the heights whence comes my help. Try to raise your thoughts from the depths of the sordid and mean and impure things of the earth <clears throat> to the heights of goodness and decency and beauty. Train your insight by trying to take the higher view. Train it more than more until distant heights become more familiar. The heights of the Lord, whence cometh your help, will become near and, and dear, and the false values of the earth will seem farther away. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may not, may not keep my eyes forever downcast. I pray that I may set my sights on a higher things. And as you know, for me, I say thank God for the, uh, the downcast situations. 
because they allow me to step on them and then I can keep my sights up. My first real sponsor ever was uh, a guy named uh, uh, Cargill. I don't even remember his first name. He always went by his last name, Cargill. He was an electrician in the area of Baldwin Park. And I, I sold his house. And I, I was not drinking. I went to AA for a couple of years. Uh, saw, and uh, I was able to buy a house and change positions from truck driver to real estate agent. Uh, had a lot of rapid success. The power in AA uh, gave me the faith the to uh, start acquiring licenses and get to work. And then he would—he had eight years, and I was trying to convince him to go to the church and hallelujah with me. And he was cussing me up and down and saying, no, I, he goes, you don't know what I, kind of alcoholic I need. I need my program. He just solidly told me, you know, if I don't have my program, I will die. And he would explain to me, and I go, oh, I know all about Alcoholic Anonymous. It's a twelve, you know, you know. It's a it's a start to go start in the right direction. You know, you got to do missionary. You got to go to church and and talk to the same guys and try to get all those dead horses uh, active and get it out there and do something in life. You know, there's just a bunch of uh, congregation where people are feeding themselves, uh, and very and uh, half of them are not out there doing what working with a newcomer. And that's the, what I was missing. So I ended up losing everything. And Mr. Cargo was right. You know, he was 100 and 200, 300% right. I lost everything. And I went, finally got, my higher power brought me back to AA after 14 years of, uh, of a dry, I experienced what a dry drug uh, is in my life by that experience. I experienced suicide thoughts. So I came running back. Today, the happiest people on earth is the people that have commitments. Their, their blood pressure is lower. And they're, they're kinder, happier, make more money. And I guess because we are out of ourselves. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, I had never understood what he, for the longest time what he said. He goes, if you understand this, well, how blessed you will be. And the word blessed means empowered to prosper. Empowered to focus on constructive imaginations, step 11, and get something done. To focus on a format and live within that boundary of that format, those principles, <clears throat> and get it accomplished. Okay, let's move on to our next reading because uh, <clears throat> time is slipping fast. Got to get into my podcast coming up here soon, 7 a.m. <clears throat> Pacific Standard Time. Podcast numbers are 619-552, excuse me, 557-552, or 5252, something like that. Alrighty, 619-557-552. I'm trying to find it. Uh, I guess because of... Yeah, 619-557-5252. No password. 7 a.m. Pacific Standard. Have your big book available. We do reading or just listening. We have a lot of people, even from uh, England, that just listen. Not a lot, but we have one member there. I'm lying. Actually, he hasn't come back in a while. One of the ladies there offended him. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to focus here. <clears throat> today we're going to be reading Kenny Copeland's uh, teaching for today. Please bear with me as I bring it up on the uh, on the free site, kcm.org. 
Today's uh, education is serious. This is serious stuff. It's no better. This is what they taught me in a, in a Bible college. Paid all kinds of money for it. Here, you're getting it free. November 19th, Milk to Meat. From Milk to Meat by Kenneth Copeland. For when the time you ought to be teach for by this time you ought to be teachers. You need you don't need no one to be teacher going to another meeting of the principles again of the oracles of God, and are become such as you have need of the basics of milk, and not strong meat. Hebrews five twelve. In other words, for when for the time you ought to be teachers by this time, you have need that one teaches you again will will be the first principles of the oracles of God, the rudiments of faith, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Hebrews 5.12 Do you know know why there's so much division in the body of Christ or in a 12-step meeting? Has been in such a mess over the past few years? Do you want to know why the devil has been able to make a public display of our weaknesses? Do you want to know why, instead of being unified and strong, we're often been torn apart by division and criticism that come not from without but within? It is because, as as the Lord God said in Hebrews, the people of God have need of milk and not of strong meat. They're babies. The people of God, for the most part, don't know His ways. That's why he commissioned you and me to train believers who are unskilled in the word of righteousness and help bring them to maturity. Big job, huh? (laughs) Sure, you say, you're a preacher, but what about me? What can I do? Well, I'll tell you, I believe God has called us both to do something. You'll find it in Hebrews 3.13. Exhort one another daily what is called today. What does the word exhort mean? encourage each other even if the the one you're encouraging doesn't like the way you're encouraging them and they pull punches that's no longer just a bible verse to me it's a direct command from the lord my wife and i received that we received that command a few years ago when we were preaching in australia it prompted us to step out in faith on daily television but it's not a command that was just meant for us. It's one we all must obey in our own way. Exhort one another daily. Pray over that scripture today, won't you? Fellowship with your father over it. Ask him how he wants you to fulfill that command. He may tell you to help support ministries like ours and and that teach the uncompromised word of God. He may tell you to fill yourself so full of his word that it spills out on everyone you meet and encourages them to go on and grow on in Jesus. Whatever he says, do it. There's a church full of spiritual babies out there and more are being born all the time. You can help bring them from milk to meat. Begin to exhort them today. Additional reading is Hebrews 3, 7 through 19. We're going to read that in a minute. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic. And to me, that is saying that uh, we need to stay in the book um, and get away from uh, just open topic, daily reflections. You read the daily reflections and, you know, um, I believe we, we get so off topic uh, and it the message does not get passed. <clears throat> you know, in our meetings, we have a half hour of solid reading of the literature. We raise the literature up over our heads and everyone gets a chance to read a paragraph or two. We, <clears throat> And that makes for a good sobriety. That makes for a good sobriety because there's no time for the uh, mess to be spoken there, but the message is being spoken. The message is, uh, Dr. Bob said the message was, uh, you know, uh, giving it back to another person what we so easily received. What was it that we easily received? We easily received the finished product of the AA principles in an individual. 
They easily gave it to us. What was it? Intelligence, enthusiasm, well-dressed, mannerism. Uh, drank like a fish, but now the miracle was in front of us. What's that? They took from their time voluntarily to stand in front of me and tell us and be a witness that, hey, this program, this is what had happened to me already. So I, in my intelligence, say, oh, these words in this, this room has made that? That's what I want. I want the sports car, the red car. I want the the gal in the convertible. I want the, the enthusiasm, but without the the dangers of the drink and the craziness. And sure enough, that's what happened to me. I got the red car, the sports car, the brown car. I got the Hawaii, the trip. And now I show up at meetings, and now I'm passing the message. What's the message? Your smile in your face. That's the message. Okay, They're, they have they have a computer inside their head. They can figure things out. We don't have to be explaining to them. Our mannerism is the message, guys. Our words, our sense of humor, the sense of humor of the people. You know, it, it told me that they had waxed financially strong. They waxed emotion. Wax means is they uh, they had achieved those things that elude me. Resources had eluded me. Self-restraint eluded me. You know, I messed up in, in work and in habits. And, you know, I was a thief. I couldn't control my thievery, my lying. Uh, maybe you guys could. But when I came in, I was totally out out uh, playing cards. I didn't have any more tokens, you know, in life. I was given all these free tokens in life. Faith, hope, imagination, love, laughter, humor, intelligence. Uh, when I came into AA, all that was gone. I was bankrupt. The only thing I had was the alcohol telling me, drink me and you'll be able to put everything in proper perspective. That's what it always told me. And it was always an illusion. It was always a lie. It just brought me deeper and deeper. It was trying to kill me. Alcohol was putting its foot on my neck and it was trying to break it every time it got uh, I didn't know how to fight it until I went to AA by the courts. Thank God for the municipal court system. Thank you for a good attorney. Thank you, God, for the judicial uh, municipal court system that has, ju- for the word judicial for me, is justice. Uh, they knew that I had drank and drove 80 times between DUIs. They know that. They know that when uh, Highway Patrol recommends that I get severely punished, it's for my own good that I be taken out of society because I am a detriment to myself and to others. When a highway patrol puts that on the recommendation for the judge and the judge is has his uh, fangs sticking out of his mouth at you and your attorney is holding him back, now send him to AA, send him to an abuse school. Uh, give them a chance. They're, I see a light inside of them that we it can it can start a barn a fire. And sure enough, he's right. I went there, and I was mad why I was sent there. The, the hair of my back. I'm not an alcoholic, man. What are you doing? I've paid you to get me out of here. I had my head up my ass so so high. Hell, you know. I even like the smell. Like. Uh, Wow, I better get off my uh, pity pot. I got about eight minutes here. I don't. Let's go ahead and read Hebrews chapter three, verses seven through nineteen. And I love the way everything meshes together. These principles that we're dealing with in AA come from heaven above, from right living. And I knew in my heart who God was when I walked into AA, and I didn't know how to contact them though. Did not know how to communicate. Every time I try it, I get uh, knocked off the horse. Thank God for the rudiments of faith. Thank God for the rudiments of basics. So now I'm going to read Hebrews. It says, Be Faithful, Chapter 3. Okay, I'm going to see if I can read it in uh, another translation. Like our language, right? Street language. 
we got some translations here that are street language. Like the Message Bible is a street language, and the Passion Translation is a, is a street language. Okie doke. It says uh, Passion Translation. Sorry, more Hebrews 3, uh, verse 7. Now, if you can only keep a firm grip on this bold confidence, we're the house. In other words, we are the pro- we are the message, guys. That's why the Holy Spirit says today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising, the time of willingness testing, trying to run life on our own way, and we we rebel, even though they watched me at work for 40 years. This is God talking. Your ancestors refused to let me do it my way. God is talking. Over and over they tried my patience, and I was provoked, oh, so provoked. I said, they'll never keep their minds on God. They refused to walk down my road. Exasperated, God says, I vowed they'll never get where they're going, never be able to sit down and rest. So watch your step, friends. Make sure there's no evil unbelief lying around that will trip you up and throw you off course, diverting you from the living God. For as long as it is still God's today, keep each other on your toes so sin and doesn't slow down your reflexes. If we can only keep our grip on the sure thing we started out with, we're in this with Christ for the long haul. These words keep ringing in our ears. Today, please listen. Don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising. For who were the people who returned a deaf ear? Who were they? Weren't they the ones, very ones Moses led out of Egypt? And who was God provoked with for 40 years? Wasn't it those who turned a deaf ear and ended up as corpse in the wilderness? And when he swore that they'd never get where they were going, wasn't he talking to the ones who turned a deaf ear? They never got there because they never listened, never believed. I want to thank God for alcohol, for the drugs and the alcohol, but they beat the the bejeevers out of me. Uh, uh, took the snot out of me and humiliated me and left me for dead. And, you know, the only thing that I qualify in, that was God's medicine. God says, okay, you want to go your way? I provoke God. Go at it. Okay? Gravel, tequila, uh, gravel and blood. And and stinking thinking was my lot in life. And when I called upon God, the only thing God had for me was mercy. He, he had mercy on me. And then he cleaned me up, got me a job. And then I had to get, I had to get beat up again because I didn't believe. I went back to not listening and not believing. So I don't know for you guys, but it took a lot of wasted money, time, sacrifice, and probably other people's lives, you know. Um, for me to be here, you know, for me to wake up. And and the only thing that I qualify on a daily reprieve is God's mercy, God's kindness. Uh, so I'll take it. I want justice. Don't you know who I am? Really? If a man gives you a gift, can you boast about that gift? Say, for instance, someone gives me a, a, a nice jacket. Am I going to say I work for the jacket and I bought it? Am I going to lie? Or am I going to say it was a gift from social? Why did he give it to you? I don't know. He just, I was cold. He said I was cold and he gave me the jacket. That's being humble, folks. That's being honest. That's being truthful. So, but what what I couldn't see is that I've been given a life. I've given a chance to run in this life so I can help others. And that's when I became selfish. I didn't want to help others. 
you know, I became arrogant, e- evil, as you say. I was locked in sin. So mercy, kindness, and goodness came, and I shunned it. I used it. I used it all up, and I didn't replenish it by going back to them. So I thank God for the uh, for my life, where it's at, and all my problems. These problems are a luxury. It's a luxury to have problems, guys. You know, it's a luxury to figure out how to accomplish them. How not? It's a luxury how not to give up and say, "I thank you for this problem. Some way, somehow, God, you're gonna, you're gonna instruct me how to do it." But for right now, I am thankful. I have this challenge right here. I have all these challenges. The more challenges you have, the more life you're doing. I don't know. I could be wrong with that opinion. Okay. Um, sometimes they bog us down too much uh, projects, and we need we need to go higher liberation, I guess. A lot of laughter. Laughter is a vacation. A belly laughter is a vacation. If you haven't been laughing, uh, look up laughter in YouTube and watch those workers, those people laugh uncontrollably. You know, just do it. Put do it for the next 30 days, 20 minutes a day. And you'll see surprise what medicine you get out of it. It's not rocket science, folks. We were made for laughter. Laughter, it will make you see things and not take yourself too seriously and get and open up. I believe when we laugh, ha, 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 we're really uh, allowing God to come in through that laughter and, and fix us and fix us spiritually. Fix us because we were made with a bunch of humor, guys. And we haven't built up that skill. We have dropped that skill by, you know, by looking in the wrong side of the alley. We didn't look at the flowers at the streets and the gutters and everything. We're looking at the unpavement and all the trash and everything. Keep your sights up. As my first sponsor, Cargo Sale, God bless him. He was so kind to me. Keep your sights up. If it wasn't for the wonderful people that I met, starting with my attorney, uh, the Eleanor, uh, anti-abuse class in Whittier that I paid for in the early 80s. $600 to get through that class on my own. And, and it wasn't for that judge that allowed the attorney to go on the attorney's recommendation. And he wanted me to come back in a year see if I did. I, and he was still pissed when I went back in a year. I went with my report card. I had my 30 AA meetings on sign. I had stopped drinking. I made a commitment. I had finished the class on the uh, anti-abuse, and, and I was a Boy Scout. I went back, and he still had his fangs out. He still had his red eyes at me, and he remembered me, and, and he said, $3,500 fine. I said, what? You gotta be kidding. <laughs> I had no choice. I had enough sense to pay it. Things were going good. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to my wah, 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 wah. Like my young granddaughter says, blah, 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 blah. I mean, a year and a half old, her first words after hanging around me in a while was blah, 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 blah. I think it was God, folks, and you agree, huh? Have a great day. God bless you. Give them heaven. Fernando Commando, I'll call it. Greetings. Reading for today, one day at a time in Alnon. I'm Fernando. I'm a grateful member of the Al-Anon system. Let's go ahead and open up with the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. November, November 19, one day at a time, told by a member in an Al-Anon meeting, during my first year in Elon, I concentrated on changing my attitude towards the alcoholic. I learned to sidestep quarrels. I control my impulse to complain and scold. I work hard on getting rid of my resentments. 
as our relationship improved and they were in AA, I had less reason to feel sorry for myself. I thought I was working the program, but it was not well in the home. There was a constant undercurrent of minor irritations. I had gone overboard trying to distract my mind from concentrating on the alcoholic problem. Golf, bowling, bridge, reading, and socializing didn't leave me enough time and thought for my children. My house was never in order. Meals were a bother. I wasn't doing my job. Today's reminder. Suddenly, I woke up to the fact that Alana asked a lot much of us than just to cope with the problem of alcoholism. We need to apply it to all departments of living and in that order of their importance. I pray to remember to attend to first things first. I pray to remember to attend to first things first. Wow, I'm Fernando. I'm a member. Those were my first impressions when I came into the program. <clears throat> first things first spoke to me volumes. Work, responsibility, getting rest, coming to meetings fully clothed in my right mind, emotionally stable to learn, um, of the other one, live and let live. Stop being a control freak. Uh, but by the grace of God, that I'm here on a pardon. I'm here on a forgiveness. I'm here because of the grace of God. I've been given the second chance to uh, formulate and reconstruct my life patterns and choices. Uh, live 24 hours a day, a minute at a day, you know. There are no big deals. Those were the slogans that got hold of my attention right away. Uh, and easy does it was the primary one. Easy is God for me, and capital E, and easy does it. He does it for me, just like Sunday morning. Easy, easy gets it accomplished when I give easy all the parts and I sit down and and enjoy life. Okay, our next reading for today, thank you very much, this is Fernando. Uh, Hope for Today, our next book, it says, several years ago I attended a workshop where the topic was the story of Lois W., one of Elnon's co-founders. I sat letting my thoughts ramble on about the inappropriate responses I sometimes have to situations. As usual, I justify them by reminding myself that I learned these real responses while growing up in an alcoholic environment. I was off in my own little world until I heard the words smug and self-righteous. The presenter described how these character defects covered Lois's world in darkness where no light could show through. Just then, I became aware that it didn't matter if I had alcoholic parents. I also had a program to improve myself to recover. Finally, I realized that I am not unique. I am not the only person who struggles with the effects of alcoholism. Yes, I may have learned some of my character defects and my negative responses to life from my parents, but, they, but they're my defects now. My parents cannot do the recovering for me. It's up to me. No more blaming. It's time to get on with my life. I reached a turning point when I realized who was hurting when I blamed my past instead of correcting my presence. present. I reached a point when I realized who was hurting when I blamed my past instead of correcting my present. Thought for the day. Every defect I learned while growing up with alcoholism, I can unlearn. That's where Elnon comes in. Smugness is the very worst sin of all, I believe. No shaft of light can pierce the armor of self-righteousness. Elnon Family Groups, Classic Edition, page 58. Wow. Our next uh, book is Courage to Change. Incredible, incredible, incredible. This book was the first one I was introduced to when I walked into a Elanon meeting and 
I want I was tired of the AA uh passing the mess around. And it was a daily reflection meeting and it didn't carry the message. You guys spoke about anything. You know, mostly uh how their day was and how their children was and the grandchildren. I needed substance and weight. So I just kept walking and passed the room to AA and I walked into the Al Anon meeting for the first time because I saw other heavy duty hitters go in that room and I was wondering what went on in an hour inside the Alan room. Like I said before, when I got there, I sat down, there was a lady, ladies were crocheting and smoking cigars and reading this book, Courage to Change. And they were making solid sense. They had weight. They had uh, frankness that I needed, frankness. They read and shared with frankness. So it impressed me heavily. Here we go. Courage to Change, November 19th. For years, I lamented the absence of a label that would identify the soul sickness that brought me to the fellowship. I wanted to say, I'm recovering controller. Uh, I'm an enabler, caretaker, fixer. I am recovering. Although they identify some of my character defects, these labels miss the mark. I'm not simply seeking recovery from one limitation or problem. The goal I'm striving for in Al-Anon is an overall sense of wellness. My pursuit of this goal began by seeking recovery from the way a loved one's alcoholism had affected my life. But today, Al-Anon offers me even more. As I heal and grow, I find that it is no longer enough simply to survive. The principles and tools that brought me this far can help me to create an increasingly rich and fulfilling life. Today, when I say I'm a grateful member of Elanon, I'm not zeroing in on one particular problem, but rather participating in a whole host of solutions that can lead to emotional, physical, and spiritual health. Today, a reminder. As I continue on the never-ending path of spiritual progress, I will expand my views of recovery. In Al-Anon, we believe life is for growth, both mental and spiritual. The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Let's go ahead and... uh, and pray, hey, our Father, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It's working.